Hi, welcome to the Vine Church Podcast. We know you're going to be awesomely blessed as you listen to our pastor, Aaron Dows, today. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It's absolutely wonderful to be here and to be sharing all about that grace part too. I don't know if you're able to get a timer on for me just so I don't speak forever. Um, If there was a timer, that'd be brilliant. If not, don't worry. I've got my watch on me. So all about that grace part two. The key scripture today is Romans 3, verse 24. Are justified by his grace as a gift. Um, You did get a handout a few weeks back and uh, the blanks are still on that, and I'm sure most of you have forgotten to bring that with you. That's okay. (laughs) Lewis Smead's a professor in psychology at Fuller Theological Seminary. He wrote an entire book drawing connections between shame and grace, and his book was appropriately titled Shame and Grace. And for him, this is what he says, guilt was not my problem as I felt it. What I felt most was a glob of unworthiness that I could not tie down to any concrete sins I was guilty of. What I needed more than pardon was a sense that God accepted me, owned me, held me, affirmed me, and would never let go of me, even if he was not too much impressed with what he had on his hands. Now, similarly, we struggle with a glob of unworthiness and have an immense need to feel accepted, held, and affirmed, despite all of our weaknesses and failures. And grace, which is what we're continuing to talk about today, is that powerful truth and reality that can bring all of these things into our lives. If we we learn to fully embrace grace, embrace grace, and walk in grace, and stand on grace, because we're not just saved, by grace, but we're saved by grace every single day. That's why we must walk in it. That's why we must stand in it. That's why we must embrace it. That's why we must meditate upon it. And that's why we must preach it to ourselves every day. Philip Yancey says, grace means that there is nothing you can do to make God love you more. If that's all you got today, that could transform our lives if we really believe that and let that sink in. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And grace means there is nothing we can do to make God love us less. I could just walk off the stage now and that would be enough, actually, if we fully embraced it. Some of you are saying, oh, that'd be great. (laughs) Jesus sees kingdom calls us, however, to a different life. And the great news, the good news of Christianity is that this life of the kingdom is not about your performance, but it's on Jesus' performance. And you do not have to achieve perfection, but merely follow and have faith in the perfect one. What a relief, what a freedom, what a joy is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has already earned for you the costly victory of acceptance, and yet many people are striving 
to achieve God's acceptance, but he's already paid the costly price to achieve your acceptance in Christianity, unique to other world religions where people are striving to be accepted by God, jumping through all sorts of hoops to be accepted by God. Jesus has already jumped through any hoop that ever existed by his death upon the cross that you may be fully accepted. Now, our problem is that we believe God's blessings in our lives depend on our performance on how good or bad we have been. So some days we feel quite self-righteous and we feel quite deserving of blessing, but most days, if we're honest, we feel unworthy, guilty, and condemned, so we don't feel we deserve God's blessing or favor or goodness upon our lives. But the beauty of the truth of grace is that it does not give what is deserved. And grace does not give you what you deserve, but it freely gives you what you do not deserve. That is amazing. I can see the excitement just coming, oozing out of me there. It's amazing. See, grace is not about performance, and a very common misunderstanding by Christians is that we are saved by grace, but that God's blessings in our life depends on performance. If you actually break that down, you realize how nonsense that thinking is. And yet that's how we live our lives, that we're saved by grace, but his blessings depend upon our performance, as if we could earn his favor or blessing or acceptance, as if anything that we could do actually could contribute towards us being accepted by him. Of course we can. But every day of our lives, we should relate to God on the basis of his grace alone. And uh, for the one person that's filling in the blanks on the sheet, the word is grace, grace alone and not our performance. We are not only saved by grace, but we must learn to walk in grace every day. And I think the reason that we struggle to give out grace and distribute grace daily is because we're not walking in it, we're not standing in it, we're not receiving it, we're not fully living in it, and therefore we feel uh, it's very difficult to give out grace when you're not living in the fullness of grace. Romans 5, 2 says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Through him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Romans 5 verse 2. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, a verse that many Christians know, many Christians have memorized this, but many have not memorized or could tell you what 324 says. If you're going to memorize 323, make sure you memorize 324. And in fact, that would be a good goal for us all. Let's memorize Romans 323 and verse 24, and not only memorize, but understand them, and not only understand them, let the impact the way that we live our lives. Because 323 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And 24 says, And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. And they're justified either freely by his grace, justified, which we're going to unpack and hopefully try to get a, a grasp of today. We're justified freely by his grace or justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, Romans 3, 23 and 24. See, you're completely unable to earn God's favor and blessing, forgiveness and salvation. That's why Romans 3, verse 20, 3, verse 20 says, no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So if you're living by the law 
trying to obey the law and the focus is on the law, guess what? It's only going to remind you of how much we fail. It's only going to remind you of how much you are weak. Because no one can be made right with God or declared righteous um, by doing what the law commands. In fact, the only way that we can be made right with God and the way that the Bible uses this language calls declared righteous which is not really an easy term or phrase to really understand or get our mind across in today's age and culture. But we have to grapple with that. We have to try and get to grips with that because it's going to be very difficult to live in the full freedom and power of the gospel unless we attempt to try and understand what does that actually mean that we are declared righteous because it's all through the New Testament, old and new, and particularly the heart of the gospel, which is in Romans 3, talks about being justified and declared righteous. And it's really difficult to live in the fullness of the joy and the freedom of our acceptance and the grace and the goodness and the love of a heavenly father if we cannot understand the, 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 the basics, really, of the good news of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's completely apart from our effort and work. You know, God's grace is his unmerited favor. We've heard that and that expression. But God's grace is his unmerited. And unmerited means undeserved. So it's his favor that is not deserved. And it's not earned. It just comes because he's a good, gracious, loving father that loves to give freely to his undeserving children. Let's watch this little example of grace in action. Give Aaron a round of applause, shall we? Now, some of us are sitting there thinking, no, actually, no, that's, that's not right. That's not fair. That's not just. This guy deserves um, justice. He, he deserves punishment. That was foolish. That was a stupid, crazy thing that he did. And that is how lavish grace is, grace is. Because what did the man with the knife deserve? Possibly punishment and imprisonment for those who are focused on the law. But what did he receive? A hug understanding and kindness. Was that deserved in that situation? Probably not. What did he do to earn that? Very little, nothing in fact. And there is a physical human example of grace, which is a small shadow and reflection of the grace 
of God. It's a tiny glimpse into the grace of God because we are all made in his image. And this Adonah was reflecting and representing as an image bearer of the graceful God in that situation. Wasn't that beautiful? Some of you are saying crazy. He could have been stabbed. Absolutely. Why did he do it? I don't know. I would love to have him up here and just say, and, and I'm not recommend, and I'm sure he wouldn't recommend. He's got intuition. He's got understanding. He read the situation and there would be situations where they would not do that. They'd probably use a stun gun or a taser or just rugby tackle the guy from behind. Um, I could enjoy that part. Um, so, grace is undeserved favor. And Romans 3.24 says we are justified by his grace as a gift. We're justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. But what does that mean? So, we need to try and get our head around this phrase justified. In some translation, it says made right, which is good and a good interpretation and a good understanding. But to truly get the full impact of, of its significance, we kind of need to unpack it a little bit because um, even made right implies that something was wrong in the first place. How, how, why does something need made right? Why do we need made right? What actually was wrong in the first place? Now, a right understanding of this being justified or justification is crucial to the whole Christian faith, so much so that the um, in the Reformation, um, many were willing to die for their belief in this. And in Romans 8, verse 30, it says, Those whom he called, he also. Romans 8, verse 30. Those whom he called, he also justified. Now, I, I'm convinced that a child can understand this. I'm convinced that everybody in this room can understand this today. It's not complicated. It's not intellectual. I believe God's made it accessible, and, and, and it's there, and it's for us to understand and to apply, and it's a truth I believe that we can get a grasp of. If we hang on in there, if we apply our mind and allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to heart, it can be powerful. Now, the New Living Translation says, those whom he called, he also justified. The New Living says he gave them right standing with himself. So justified means right standing with God. And the first thing to note that God does the work. It's God who does the work. Now you think that's, that's obvious, but it's not. We don't make ourselves right with God. We don't get ourselves into right standing with God. We cannot justify ourselves. We cannot make ourselves righteous. It says, He is the one who He is the one who justifies. Romans 3:26 says, He is the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So God does the work of making us right. We cannot contribute to it, we cannot earn it. There's nothing that we can do actually to contribute towards us being in right standing with God. He is the one, Romans 3.26, he is the justifier of the one who has faith. And there's the key, faith, faith, faith in Jesus. That's phenomenal for Christianity compared to other world religions because to be made right with God, you have to do, you have to achieve, you have to strive, you have to panic, you have to worry, and you're never quite sure, whereas this is due to faith in Jesus. We don't justify ourselves, and God does it in response to faith and not works. It's a gift from God. It's not earned. It says you're justified by His grace. By his grace, you're made right with God 
by his grace. It's undeserved favor, and it comes as a gift. Galatians 2 verse 16 says, We know a person is not justified by works of the law. So that means you're not justified. You're not put into right relationship with God. You're not made righteous by works of the law. That means by trying your best to obey all the laws of the Bible and trying to work hard to do your your very best. That's not how you're justified. It says you're not justified by the works of the law, but how? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that's not a one-off thing that you must do to get saved. It's something you must do every single day. You must walk by faith, walk in faith, and it says you are um, justified through faith in Jesus Christ because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. No one can be made right with God by trying to be good. And they would come to Jesus and say, I've kept all the Ten Commandments. I must be made right with God. They thought that you could be made right with God by obeying the commands of God. But Jesus pointed out no one can keep the full commands of God. He says, go away and sell all you have and give to the poor. (laughs) The man went away unhappy because no one can be made right with God by uh, being good enough or trying to earn it. Justification is an instantaneous legal act of God. And we're going to unpack this a wee bit more, so hang in there. In which he thinks of your sins as forgiven and Christ's righteousness belonging to you. I'm going to take the rest of today to try and fully embrace that. So every single person in this church, that you have an understanding of Romans 3.23 and verse 24, that you understand what it means that you're justified freely by His grace. If there was a goal for me this morning, is that every single one in here could clearly understand, grasp, and be able to explain to somebody else what it means that you are justified freely by His grace. He declares you to be righteous in His sight. And that's a blank on somebody's sheet. Righteous. And this forgiveness of sins um, and being declared righteous is by His grace as a gift. So there's two things. He He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west, and He fills us with righteousness. He gives us a gift, so He removes and He fills. He removes and He cloaks. He takes something off and He replaces it with something perfect, something of infinite value and worth. What does righteous mean? Well, we could go into that in great length, and um, I'll probably do that at another date. Um, But for our understanding today, we want to focus on Romans 3.24, which says we are justified by His grace as a gift. And we say that grace is powerful. Grace gives us the opposite of what we deserve. And my favorite film clip, which reveals the power of grace and gives us a tiny glimpse into the grace of God, is the film Les Miserables. And it's about a down and out and an ex-convict, Jean Valjean. He manages to find lodging in the home or or the the church, if if you like, or the manse or whatever it was. He manages to find lodging with a kind bishop. And over dinner, Valjean recounting or or telling the story of the harshness of his imprisonment. He blames God for being unjust or unrighteous. 
And then he looks at the priest, he thanks him for the food and the bed, and he exclaims with sarcasm, and in the morning, I will be a new man. And that night, he has uh, nightmares about the prison and the harshness of his treatment in there. He wakes up in a panic, and he decides he must do whatever he can to sure, ensure he doesn't go back there. I want us to take a few minutes to watch this video clip, and then we're going to come back to try and get a further grasp of that verse in Romans. Who can that be? Do you have any food you can spare for me? Come in. Look, I'm a convict. My name is Jean Valjean. I've served 19 years hard labor. They let me out four days ago. I'm on parole. I have to go all the way to Dijon to report by Monday or they'll send me back to prison. So here's my passport. I can't read, but I know what it says. He's very dangerous. Monsieur, you're welcome to eat with us as my guest. I'm a convict. You saw my passport. I know who you are. You, you cannot let me inside your house. Crime did you commit? Maybe I killed some. How do you know I'm not going to murder you? How do you know I'm not going to murder you? What's that? A joke? I suppose we'll have to trust each other. I didn't kill anyone. I'm a thief. I stole food. I stole, but I paid for it. 19 years in chains. So they let me out and they give me a yellow passport. What can I do with the yellow passport? I have to go to my parole officer in Dijon, and then what? Starve to death? <laughs> 19 years, and now the real punishment begins. <laughs> Men can be unjust. Men, not God. All right, whoever you are, thank you. A meal and a bed to sleep in. A real bed. And in the morning, I'll be a new man.
anybody there? I don't want to hear anything more about it. I'm sorry to disturb you. You caught him. But I had my eye on this man. Oh, thank God. I'm very angry with you, Jean Valjean. What happened to your eye, Monseigneur? Didn't he tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver, he claimed <laughs> that you gave it to him. Yes. Of course, I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gillot, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? Hurry. Monsieur Valjean has to get going. He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying he told us the truth? Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madam Gino, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. And don't forget. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God. Okay, hands up if you've seen that, uh, the Liam Neeson version of Les Miserables. Yeah, quite a lot of you. And the power of that grace transforms that life. And may that give us the tiny glimpse into the grace of God. What I like about that is it conveys the emotion and the power of grace because the grace of God is so much bigger, so much greater, and so much more than candlesticks he has given us. Because what did Valjean, um, what did Valjean deserve? Punishment. What did he receive? Candlesticks. And that's grace right there. It's undeserved favor. It's giving the opposite of what is deserved. Like Valjean, we've all stolen the cutlery. We've all fallen short. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God does not want to give us what we deserve because he's a God of love and grace. 
compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He does not want to give us what we deserve. He wants to give us a free gift worth far more than 10,000 francs, worth far more than silver candlesticks. We are told by Paul that we are justified by his grace as a gift. And that's called justification. It's an instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of your sins as forgiven. That's what's removed, and it's replaced with a cloak. He gives you righteousness. He gives you Christ's righteousness. He declares you righteous in his sight. That's instantaneous. It's free. It's not earned. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. It's accepted by faith and nothing else. And it's sealed and it's done and it's irrevocable. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be removed. It's an instantaneous legal act that God declares for those who have faith. Romans 3.22, the righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Keywords, faith to all who believe. Philippians 3.9, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, because our righteousness is never enough. No matter how hard we try, if the standard of righteousness that God requires to be able to come into his presence with, uh, without being destroyed because he's a holy God, God is light and no darkness can coexist in his presence. So if the righteousness is required, some are at the, the lower uh, uh, height of the mountain in terms of their own righteousness or good works or their efforts. Some are nearer the peak of the mountain. But even those who feel they're at the peak of the mountain in terms of they've never robbed, I've been pretty good, I've never been in jail, I've never cheated on my wife, my, my, my righteousness is actually pretty good. This is how far it shall, far, far short it falls compared to the righteousness that is required to come before God. The height is the stars. <laughs> so no matter how up, high up, we're no better off whether we're nearer the top of the mountain than those nearer the bottom because we can never attain that uh, level of righteousness, which is perfect righteousness, which one a man alone achieved on our behalf. He walked in perfect obedience to all the laws for all of his life, never once disobeyed any law, achieved perfect righteousness in order that we could be declared righteous by faith so that the sins could be removed as far as the east is from the west and the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ could be given to you as a cloak. It can be given to you freely as a gift. Our sin is removed as far as the east is the west. This is a really poor analogy and every analogy falls apart. But our, we were overdrawn. Our bank account was overdrawn into the hundreds of thousands. So our negative debt was removed and our balance came back up to zero. So the debt that we were in was removed as far as the east is from the west. But justification is far more than removing our debt. It's depositing in our bank account, crediting to us 
hundreds of thousands, in fact, 10 million pounds, if you like. That's a perfect righteousness. So not only has our balance been taken up to zero, it's been deposited hugely, it's been credited, it's been deposited, it's been given into account legally before God. The perfect righteousness of God has been given as a cloak into our account. How did we achieve it? By faith, can it be earned? No, can we work for it? No, and this is the grace in which we must stand because daily we fail, daily we don't, we fall short, daily our righteousness is not enough, daily we have this glob of unworthiness where we don't feel worthy, we don't feel righteous, I don't deserve enough blessing because we're living by our achievement, by our performance, not by Christ's performance. Christ's performance was perfect. His performance was perfect. And that is what is given into the account of those who believe by faith and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, this description of righteousness of God, and if we could have the band back up, it's that state that God gives to those who have faith. Isaiah 61.10 says this, He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. It is given freely. And justified is a legal word. It is opposite to condemn. So if we're thinking of a legal courtroom in which there's a judge, there's a guilty person, and that person can either be condemned, which is to declare as guilty, or they can be justified, which means to be declared not guilty. We are justified. That means we're declared not guilty before the God of the universe. We're declared as not guilty. That's why Romans 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation. There's no declaring of guilty because that has been paid once and for all by the perfect sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ upon the cross. The incredible thing is that uh, the verse that we said that we wanted to unpack, and I'm hoping I'm getting somewhere, is that we are justified by His grace as a gift. Very simply, we are justified. Your sin is removed as far as the east is from the west, and you're declared righteous. You're declared, you've received the perfect gift of Christ's righteousness. And that's why Paul can say, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that means when you don't feel as if you've done very well, guess what? God views you as perfectly righteous in His sight. That means you're perfectly accepted when you're not doing very well. Because it's not based on the works of the law. When you're feeling you've had a bad day, guess what? How God views you. See, that cloak is never taken off. He views you as being in Christ. You are in Christ. You're wearing the cloak of righteousness. And that is how we're accepted. We're accepted on the basis of that cloak, not my works. And this is why I wanted to take some time because the truth of our emotions, 
our stability, our identity are related to how fully we're living in the truth of the gospel. And if we're living in guilt and condemnation and fear, we're not living in the truth of that freedom. The truth is that our sins have been removed. We have a cloak of righteousness and we are fully accepted and we're fully loved. And that is the foundation from which we should then make every effort to be holy. That is the foundation and the belief and the truth from which we should then pursue holiness. We should make every effort to live according to who we are. Our behavior should then come from who we actually are and how we're accepted. And I suppose the conviction I'm getting is that we walk with fear. We walk with this unworthiness. We walk with this sense of failure. And many Christians do this because we're believing that God views us on how good or how bad we've done. But the grace of God is what we must stand in. So let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. I want to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, that we are accepted. We thank you that we are loved. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that we stand before the judge of all the earth as not guilty. We thank you there is therefore now no condemnation for me. We must put my faith in Jesus Christ. I thank you that I'm accepted by my faith and by my faith alone. I thank you I'm loved, not based on my performance, or my performance is good or my performance is bad. Lord, you accept me. You love me. Your blessing is willing to be poured out upon me. This is so important because God wants to bless you and you feel unworthy for blessing. You feel unworthy, I don't deserve it. I've not prayed enough today. I've said things I shouldn't have done today. I got angry with the wife again today. I shout at the kids today. I don't, I don't deserve God's blessing, I deserve his punishment. Well, if he treated you according to your own righteousness, that were true, but he doesn't. You are clothed in righteous. Let's all say together, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am accepted. I am forgiven. I am loved by the true and living God. Lord Jesus, we pray that the truth of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ would go from our minds into our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, that you have removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. And you have given us the perfect cloak of righteousness of Jesus Christ. We thank you that there is no room for unworthiness in our lives. So we say to those feelings of unworthiness, because the one thing the devil is trying to get from you is your cloak. What did he want from Joseph? What did, what did the evil one want to get off Joseph? What did they want to destroy? The father's cloak because it's a symbol of the Father's love, His goodness, and He wants to, to get it off you, and He does it through lies and condemnation and guilt. But the Father wants us to walk in the fullness and the freedom of the joy of the good news of Jesus Christ. 
and then that we would be motivated by grace because it's his love which will compel you his love compels you it's his love it's not the law that's going to compel you to live and change it's his love it's his grace it's his goodness is that which you need to stand on he loves you and accepts you the way you are but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are he wants you to follow him more wants you to trust him more he wants you to change your harmful habits and behaviors because he knows that they're going to lead you um, to harm so I want to say if you don't know Jesus Christ or if you've been far from Jesus Christ I want to give you an invitation this morning come back to him the father sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross so that you could come into his house and be his child so that he could be his father he could be your father and you could be his child and i want you to invite you to come to the father today to put your faith in jesus christ and he will remove your sin as far as the east is from the west and he will make you right with god he will bring peace between you and god he will remove the barrier so just let's all say this prayer together dear father thank you for sending your son to die on the cross please forgive me for all my wrongdoing and I want to come into your family I want to be your child please fill me with your Holy Spirit and let times of refreshing come into my life with every eye closed if you said that prayer for the first time today just put your hand up nice and high if you want to come home thank you two three Well, if you're an adult, we have a gold bag up the back for those who said that prayer. There's a gold bag, and then maybe Michael could distribute that. Just as we're worshiping, just go to the back, and we've got a gold bag, and it gives you a wee letter with some instructions, a little booklet for daily reading, and help you to start on this new journey. And it's helping to explain to you what, what we're talking about today. Thank you for those who have come back. God hears your prayer. Please pick up a pack on the back as we finish with our last worship song now and start on the journey to that place of refreshing and that place of blessing and purpose that God has for you.